The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cabby Productions. Hello and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the wonderful Jamie. Is it okay if I say your last name? Do it. Wallace. I should ask people before that and I constantly forget. Uh, <laughs> so Jamie and I uh, have known each other for a while. How are you today, Jamie? Oh, you know, it's raining like 15 millimeters out there, but I'm inside and I'm cozy and so uh, life's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I am being a creep and looking at your bedroom and I am noticing the fantastic map on the wall. I fucking love it. Um, it's just beautiful. Seven feet. Seven, Seven feet wide. Feet. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, that huge. is an investment of wall space. I love it. Um, I don't know if there's anywhere you in my apartment dream. <laughs> that I could fit a seven foot map, but now I want one. So, you know. Right? Uh, <laughs> so Jamie and I actually have the strange advantage of having a marker to say how long we've been friends. So I actually know for a fact that we've been friends for just over five years because of how Jamie and I know each other, which is what we were going to sort of talk about today is dealing with, coping with very difficult situations. So I'm not going to, I mean, people who've heard my podcast actually already sort of know what's going on, but I'm going to let Jamie talk about what happened. So I'm going to just stop talking now and let her talk. <laughs> I'm impressed. It's not very often I <laughs> can hear you say I'm You stop, stop talking? talking? <laughs> There's an off button. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess uh, Kara and I have been friends for just, as you said, just over five years. Um, although I'll have to admit in the beginning, there were so many people bombarding me with like friendship and love that I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the capacity to like follow back with that. Um, mm -hmm. But the reason that we are friends, as you know, but maybe not many other people do, is that we have a very special connection to a person um, who died very suddenly, very tragically, um, very epically, though. I mean, mm. like, he, would, he wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Very on brand. Uh, very <laughs> on brand. But, uh, so just over five years ago, how many times are we going to keep saying that sentence? <laughs> Five years ago, um, I lost a fiance to a bear attack. Um, Kara's talked about him already on the podcast. I listened to the Mother's Day episode, and he gets a little mini shout out on there. And at first, it, it's the condolences and all that stuff. But then that summer, I think it was that summer, we Brianne brought me out to. Your trailer. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. Yeah, I had all those plants. That's when I had my jungle and, and she's I remember she said she said, This place is like walking inside of Kara's brain. Um <laughs> and that's where we hung out. We used Snapchat. I, it was yeah. it was an exciting time. <laughs> it's a good time. And you said come back anytime and then I did. And yeah, then I come out. Yeah, so <clears throat> you touched you touched lightly on the condolences thing and everything. So I want, I want to pick your brain about the process of, um, of healing. So, so she touched on it a little bit, but I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you maybe undersold how 
incredibly tragic <laughs> that situation was for, especially for you specifically. Like Ward um, passed away, hopefully in his sleep. He, he was sleeping near that time and hopefully it was in his sleep um, from a bear attack. And Jamie actually found him um, and had to, she was the only one around. So had to, you know, go into dealing with real life shit all of a sudden mode. And then everything was just kind of crazy and wild. And she's right. When we first met, I mean, I could have literally been anybody, you know, there was, there was no connection until much later um, because it's, you know, uh, so, so you want to talk a little bit about that or not? We, we could talk about anything. It's. Um, well i I mean i think we are here to talk about the the all of it together um i i don't it's 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 an interesting experience interesting is not the word interesting i say interesting for lack of a better word um because those that you can never prepare for those things like there's no like i i i mean all that I can't speak for someone who's like been dealing with like losing someone to a terminal illness. I mean, like I'm sure you can maybe like prepare a little bit, but like for something to like blindside you, like so out of nowhere, like we were like living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) You really were. Like Ward quit his job. He wanted to have the longest May long ever. And um, he quit a week early. I think he didn't really realize when May Long was. Yeah. <laughs> it was the next weekend. Um, so he got a little mixed up there and quit his job so he could go camping, which for anyone who knows Ward is very, very much that's just who Ward was as a person. Um, we didn't need a lot. You know, we had it all pretty figured out. We bought a motorhome. It's a 1978 Dodge Empress, I think. Something like that. Called it the Trip and Gypsy. So we were supposed to get married in July, so like two months away, pretty much almost to the day. He died May 10th, 2015, and yeah, by a bear attack, um, everyone flooded in. There's no one that I, like, I, I don't know anyone who has such a close friendship with so many people. <laughs> And and to say, like, and when you're right, when you're like, you could have been anyone, I think, aside from your last name, I think that's the only thing that stood out. Like, being a Fernstrom is, like, really, a, <laughs> well, okay, well, like, we're almost pretty much related anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, um, uh, we're famous around those parts. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's many of you. <laughs> uh. um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I have to say though, like having that outpour of as much as like some some friendships didn't stick, some some were only there for to get me through that initial little push. I, I, it's really comforting to have so many people come around and be around, and because grief's not a thing that I think anyone should have to bear by themselves, mm-hmm. and it's something that's challenging and difficult. Um, it's it's good to have that community, and like whether or not I knew you well enough. At the time, it, it still speaks volumes to have so many people around. Like to see how many people showed up, how many people filled that auditorium. Like how like is really comforting in those moments. Like if for anyone to ever have to go through that, I just hope that they have support. I hope that they have people who are there. Well, and so just a couple things, just for anyone that's not in the know. Um, 
So Jamie was 19 at the time, and I feel like that's something that is worth mentioning. Um, you know, there's there's something to be said for how young you were at the time. And uh, the the other thing, as far as to your point that you were just making, is I think that having that large of a community, at least for me, um, because as you mentioned, I also had a very special connection with Ward. Um, it to me, it comforted me knowing that some form of him was going to live on for a very long time because mm-hmm. that many people were carrying him in his heart to some capacity. Like Mackenzie is not a destination that you really go visit for fun very often. Sometimes mm-hmm. if you've got history there and stuff, but it's not, it's not got much going on as far as entertainment. Um, I mean, there's the the forest, I guess, you know, <laughs> the, the lake and stuff, but it doesn't have, you know, um, a lot of the amenities and stuff. So, so a lot of people came to this remote location that is beautiful. I, I feel like I'm shitting on Mackenzie and it's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not really a tourism town. Um, no. So There's no like water slides or amusement park or like, or like proper mall. Yeah, yeah, like, like there's a lot of liquor. Stop at H&M, uh, <laughs> like, you're going to go camping in the forest after making a stop at the liquor store. Yeah, you might climb on the world's largest tree crusher, but really... You're definitely you know? <laughs> climbing the world's largest tree. You're coming that far, you might as well. <laughs> but my point is that having having so many people come back to... Mackenzie or come to Mackenzie for the first time in some cases really showed that, you know, these people weren't just leaving. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Facebook condolences, but it wasn't just a case of Mm -hmm. Facebook condolences. It was a massive outpouring of love and support and of people who, like I said, just confirmed that they would be carrying him in his heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that to me was very powerful um, and beautiful. So do you want to talk a little bit about what came next for you? And, and how you were, how you were processing or? Well, wasn't doing a very good job of it. I think it's a pretty like bare bones way to say it. Um, I guess given perhaps the community, I mean, I, I, it's hard to pinpoint why it had, like it went the way it did, but I definitely chose. Less constructive gonna say for transparency's sake to do a bunch of drugs <laughs> yeah. and that's I guess there's no really shame or sense in hiding it like that's, that's what happened that's how I got through it either that and friends that and friendship and just you know like you have to turn inward sometimes and there's like that aspect of it I spent a lot of time alone but then I couldn't stop moving at the same time like my like distraction was just in my car, I was driving around. Like, thank God for Todd Paris, who was like, oh, well, I'll come. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'll go for a road trip. Why not? Let's do it. And we drove around and we didn't get far. I mean, we, we went to Fort St. John a couple times and I think that's, and Prince George and Quinnell, and I think that's about it. <laughs> well, but in that first initial month, like that happened maybe like a week or two after Ward, probably two weeks after Ward died. I moved my motor home and left the dog with like we had a dog for anyone who doesn't know his big big black great day named willie nelson and um yes he could sing um and i, I left him with uh, with ward's dad and todd and i packed up the car and we drove around and it, a lot of it was stopping in to see the people that knew ward that loved ward there was a lot of i remember sleeping on jd's couch or like going to visit tansy and mike and the boys and 
we've stopped in Chetwin and saw Brandon Beesenberger and like things like they just people who like at that point like I don't know I think they just were such a comfort like we saw Kirby and like those like just just like to be around people who Oh, well, for one, would feed into, like, the debauchery. <laughs> and for two, would, like, share the stories and keep those memories going. And I met a lot of great people that I would never have otherwise known that loved Ward, like the Gunners and, like, their crew. And those, like, it was... I don't know if I would how else I would have gotten through it. Like, I, I was talking yesterday about how it was a distraction. It was all a distraction and like, but I also think that I couldn't, I don't know that I could have unpacked it any other way. You know, like there's, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. Well, and and I mean, I really love that at the beginning you went out of your way to say, I guess there's no shame in it because I think, I think that's the right attitude is that like, it's very easy to look at periods in our life where we're doing things that are you know maybe not traditionally productive like I mean I had I had my period with drugs um when I was younger and yeah like there's a lot there's a there's a lot of reasons that those things are frowned upon I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it pretend like drugs are like I mean especially depends on what you're using and how but I'm not gonna pretend like Mm -hmm. it's always like a good thing Mm -hmm. there are some cases especially acutely that they can be good um, mm. in, in, in the overarching sense, like our arcing, oh, I can't remember now. My mom corrected me. I said, whichever one is wrong. She corrected me, but overarching or overarching, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, you know, that period was very valuable for you. And we've talked about mm-hmm. it before, you know, and before you seem to have more shame around it. So I'm glad that you're releasing that and, and, you know, celebrating the good that came from it. Cause that's, that's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's such, I don't know. Sorry. I'm going to get all, you know, um, (laughs) floaty. I've been kind of in my head and in like the sort of metaphysical side of things and, and all that Mm -hmm. lately. Um, but, and then, well, we could, we could touch on that too, because I think a lot of what helped me get through that was metaphysical. It wasn't just the drugs. And like, I think some people could be like, well, they keep it pretty high, like metaphysical bullshit. But I'm like, no, like there's actually like, there's. I've, I've talked with more than one intuitive healer and they've come to me and said that wards come to them to make the, like, to bridge the gap. And it's something that like, I, I've, the thing I think that I struggle with the most now is knowing, and like, some people will be like, whatever, hippie dippy bullshit. But there's, I, I know within myself that there's that power that I could meet him halfway in whatever realm that you could do that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I haven't learned how to harness that power yet. And then, but it's, it's interesting to see people and to be in connection with people who do bridge that gap and who can like the veil is thinner and hear some of the things that they have to say that are coming from him. And some of them are like, some of it's been really profound. Some of it's just been silly. And like some of it, it's just, it's, I, I, he's not gone. He's just doing something different. Like, 
And that's really comforting in a sense. And there's been there's been tons of signs. And like for some people, like I said, they're like, whatever. But like <laughs> how many how many nickels did we all find in the craziest of places? And like things that just like don't make any other sense. Like Todd, for example, I'll go back to Todd. When we were in Prince George, we were like tying up a couple loose ends and we were visiting Jada and Robert Catling and they um Todd's truck was there in their driveway. He'd been living with them and he goes to move the truck and he comes back to the car and he's like, uh, it's not very funny, you guys. And we're like, what? And they're like, who put the nickel in my in my window? And it was, you know, the rubber seal in the window mm-hmm. on the car. Somebody had tucked somebody or something or, you know, an <laughs> yeah. entity, um, <laughs> stuck a nickel in the rubber of the window, in between the rubber and the window. And they're like, yeah, that, that wasn't us. That really wasn't us. And then they have another story of like a toy that they used to play with that like, there was a nickel in like the battery pack. Like you had to screw in the battery pack. It wasn't just one of these like flip things where it's like yeah. a quick release. You had to screw it in. And they're like, what is this thing? And all of a sudden one day it was just there. And they're like, that's bored. And it's been that's- moments like that. And I know a lot of people, it's dimes. They say like the spirit thing, like the angel signs but I don't know what they're even called but they're they're like it's dimes but like if anybody knew Ward like man that guy was so cheap of course it's gonna be nickels (laughs) (laughs) and it's just those kinds of things remind you that you're kind of reminded me that I was taken care of and I think that a lot of those helped get through it it's those things and sometimes they trigger that just like I don't know I don't really know. I don't know how I got through it. I'm on the other side of it now. Well, not the other side of it. Grief's not a linear process. It's like a big black scribble. But <laughs> I'm like out of like the thick of it. And I realize like, how did, how did, how, how? Like, how do you get from there <laughs> to here? And it's, I'm not ashamed of the process. I just kind of wonder like, dude. Oh, so you, you've said so many things that I'm going to try and touch on. Um, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so as far as, okay, I'm going to go way back before I touch on what you were just talking about. And that is when you said that I don't think that drugs have anything to do with that. I disagree. I think that I was just, okay, and this is only because I was talking about this earlier and I'm going to try and be quick because it's only kind of relevant. Um, I was talking about it earlier with my mom and I, I kind of found the phrasing that I that I liked, but it's, I mean, it sounds super cheesy about, but like frequencies. Right. Like I think that certain substances and and I think that that can include kinds of food and stuff like that, too. But even, you know, in this particular case, I'm talking about drugs. Um, I think that a lot of drugs can can thin that veil like you talked about. I Mm -hmm. think that they can raise our frequency temporarily. And then I think that other drugs like and the one that always comes to mind, I don't know why, but I'm convinced that cigarettes um, thicken the veil. I'm, I'm convinced that they make you mm-hmm. less in tune. Um, and we, we don't have to go. So anyways, I just wanted to touch on that. Cause you said, I don't think, I think it's both. Right. I think that, that having, you know, being high all the time, although there's problems with being high all the time, obviously, um, like they, that can come with that. There's risk, I guess. Um, but I think that that elevates your vibration, um, for, for better or worse, and, and, you know, takes you out of your I physical totally body agree. a little bit and into something closer to that spiritual realm. As far as the, the mm-hmm. things with Ward, there were, there were so many things about not even just the nickel things. Like, I mean, I, I, I think I told you that I had dreams um, with Ward and stuff like that. And I mean, people could 
I mean, I know people could write that off to people dream about people. That's a thing that happens. So, so I hear that, but mm-hmm. I hear that hypothetical argument. Um, but I'm thinking even, I've never you never know, had a dream about wars. Yeah. I, I know you've told me that. And then mm-hmm. I feel bad. Um, <laughs> cause, um, but <laughs> you know, <on> a, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Mine okay. is a total side note. Like it's not relative at all. It was just a funny story that happened this morning. I was like, Kara would find this funny, but I'll tell well, you later. Oh, okay. I want to hear the story though. <laughs> um, so the the thing that always comes to my mind is I remember you telling me about the conference, and I think you because I remember that day you wrote in your journal, or you, you read me your journal. Sorry, from around that time, and I think it had been written in your journal about how Ward had you guys had just recently had a conversation about how you would want to go and ward had said a bear right oh you froze or you're staring really intensely and not mm-hmm. talking oh okay i don't know why i'm whispering jimmy Madame Wallace. Okay. I can hear you. I can't see oh. you though. Can you hear me? Oh, I, oh, I can, I can hear you, but I can't see oh. you too. Oh, there we are. Okay. 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 Um, so we can, I'll deal with that after. Um, okay. <laughs> so you had told me that you guys had, a, and I think, like I said, I think it was in your journal, but I could be wrong about a conversation that you guys had had about, um, about him wanting like, you know, if he could choose how he got to go, it would be by bear. Right. Yeah. And that conversation happened like 36 to 48 hours before he died, like, which was so bizarre. Like, cause we, we were out the weekend that he died was also the weekend we celebrated Kirby's dad's life. So Kirby was yeah. in town and, um, we were, uh, we, it was me and Kirby and Ward out on the camp saying we're having a fire and we're sitting around and Ward's like, you know, like, Bullshit. I don't, I don't want to like overdose, die of like, cancer or car accident or like, I don't want to drag it out. Like, I want to go out doing something epic, fighting a bear. And like in hindsight, I'm like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> you, you couldn't have picked like, I don't know, anything less gruesome. <laughs> like, but I get it. Like it's, Definitely, like, sorry, he definitely okay. ap- appreciated the the shock factor, and mm-hmm. and another another beautiful part of that of that 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 evening actually was um, so this this would have been the last second to last night that Ward was ever alive, and we finally like all. Kirby passed out, and I guess when Kirby gets drunk and he passes out, he's really like you'll you'll never be able to wake him up. So Ward and I had the funny idea to give Kirby Sharpie tattoos. Um, <laughs> one of the, the last picture that's ever t- taken of Ward is uh, him sitting beside Kirby uh, and Kirby's laying on his side with his back to us and he has a heartbreaker tattoo, heartbreaker tramp stamp. Um, and I, Ward dared me to color Kirby's whole ear black and then clean it off with vinegar because it would be really funny if we got all the way through and we did. <laughs> Kirby woke up and had no idea he at one point in the evening had a black ear. But 
after we finished all of our shenanigans, like Ward and I crawled back into, into our bed in the back of the motorhome and we're sitting there having a smoke and Kirby wakes up and he comes and sits back with us. He's like, so you guys are, you guys are getting married, eh? And Ward's like, yep, yep, she wants to do it, so we're going to do it. Kirby's like, well, why, why, why wait? And Ward's like, well, she wants to get the government involved. Like, <laughs> That's such a word way to phrase right? that. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the bus there, love. <laughs> and Kirby's like, no, like, that's dumb. See, you love each other? We're like, yeah. Do you want to be his wife? Yeah. Do you want to marry her? Yeah. You're married. And, and the beauty in that is that all Ward wanted out of our wedding. So the way he proposed for one is, He's he's standing up beside the bed with his foot on the nightstand, and like I'm sure we'd been up all night doing shenanigans. And he looks at me, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, like if if you want to plan a wedding, like I'd marry you." And I just like, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, like sure, that sounds fun. I'd marry you too." And then like two weeks later, he's playing "Come Sail Away" by the Sticks to me, and or Sticks. I don't know if it's the Sticks or Sticks. Anyway, um, I think it's just Sticks, I but I don't sticks, know. S T Y X. Sticks. Yeah, I can picture like the album cover. Okay, anyways, doesn't yeah, matter. Blue and uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's playing that, and he, um, we're in the kitchen. Everybody we're having a party, and he looks at me and he's like, brings up the wedding, and I was like, <laughs> was like what, you were serious? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, sure, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And the best part about that is like we didn't like. I liked that it wasn't a question. It was a, yeah, of course we're going to do this. Like, of course, like, why wouldn't we do this? Like, there's no other person I'd want to do this with. Like, and, and something I loved is he called me his wife well before I think we even had this conversation. Like, I think it was like from almost day one, like, and I was, like, we were just together. We were just inseparable from like the, the first moment we saw each other, basically. And, all he wanted out of the ceremony was Kirby to officiate and all our friends and family to be there. But like Kirby officiated our strange, bizarre midnight gypsy wedding. And in a way, in a way like he got everything that he wanted. Like he died happy yeah. in, in love and had one of the best, most incredible last weekends that I think anybody could ask for. Like, we spent that whole last day, like, after... So Kirby pronounced his husband and wife, and we all went to bed. And, like, in the morning, we got up, and we just went down by the beach. There was a little river down there, and we were, like, clearing it away. So we're going to spend the whole summer in this campsite. Although conservation was like, no, I would have came and kicked you out after two weeks. But, like, no, dude, you let Ward live in the other one all <laughs> fucking summer for the last three summers in a row. Like, <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Anyway, and I remember just laying on that log, like... I think we were naked because like no one else is around anyway. And we we're just hanging out, hungover, just clearing up all this, like doing yard work, yard work on our yeah, yeah. On our little <laughs> beach. And just laying on that log. Man, life doesn't get any better than this. And I really don't think it does. And I think it was a short-lived honeymoon, I'll tell you that, but it was it was beautiful. <laughs> and it's hard to be sad when you know that someone was so happy 
And I know that there's the sadness of like, well, like they're not going to be able to be happy now because they're dead. And like, what about all of us? But the thing with grief is it's a lot of how you feel and like the hole in your life now. But I know that yeah. like, Ward's just having another adventure. Like, there's no way. And people ask like, well, like, like does he come around a lot? I'm like, well, like, if he does, he's pretty quiet about it. And if he doesn't, I don't blame him. Because why? His life is mundane. Like, I don't know what the afterlife has, but I'm sure it's a lot better than watching me brush my teeth. Like, it's, <laughs> it's something... Like, I remember being so grief-stricken. And and as 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 much as, as um, Mike Mercanti and I have very differing opinions on some things, uh, <laughs> one thing that really has stood out to me a lot over this journey is I remember being so like at 19 like it really felt like it was going to be the end of everything you know like Mm -hmm. that was it that was my person that was my chance that was everything like in my whole world like that was it but Mike and I were outside of people's um, drug mart in McKenzie we were were going to print off pictures um, for like the photo albums and we're having a smoke and he looks at me and he's like, you know, it's okay if you like love again. And this was like two or three days after, like it was so soon. He's like, you know, like you're gonna, like you're gonna fall in love again. And like, that's okay. And it, you know, like at the end of, at the end of your life, Ward's gonna be waiting there to, to meet your, meet your new person and to tell them all the stories that you didn't want to tell them. And I've always thought that that was just so beautiful, you know, like he wouldn't be mad. Like no one would be mad if I moved on. And that was something I've like always just kind of kept trying to do because he's right at the end of everything. Like there's a person there waiting that's going to just stop crying, Kara. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) There's... A person there who <laughs> kind of knows me like pretty inside and out and who's going to be so happy to see me again and who's going to be so happy to learn about all the things that they weren't around to see. And I can't wait to tell him all those things, you know? And it makes me really want to live a life that's exciting we had so many dreams and so many plans and like it was so like ward and i did not spend a lot of time together like i met him in november and he died in may like we really but like those six months like they were like it was just that that was it like not much tops it really like and it's i don't know at, at the end of the day Above all of the sadness and the the grief and just like the missing the whole because the whole is there and it's sometimes it's easy to distract yourself but a lot of the times like comes out you know you're having a good time and you just look over and you're like well there's a person that should be there and they're not there and above all of those instances I'm just grateful to have had the chance to love someone like that and to be loved by someone who had such a fiery, passionate soul and who was 
mischievous in the best and sometimes the worst ways, but it's somebody who always wanted to laugh and love and be happy and who would always be like, call me out on my, like, like why? Ward hated crying. He thought, he's like, I know. <laughs> people cry for attention. I was like, they don't. People cry. I don't agree with you. You're being an asshole. <laughs> and it's just, but it's nice to have somebody around who's kind of like, why are you crying? Like, you know, like, why, like, why are you sad right now? Life is great. Like, stop it. Like, and it's, it's, he's just always been such a gift. And it's, I know, well, for another thing, I'll say, um, after Kirby's dad's funeral, um, we were in the motor home. We still, I think, had it parked at Celeste's house, 111 Crysdale. She doesn't live there now, so I don't feel bad giving her. <laughs> <laughs> Forgetting that you're not just talking to me this time. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so we had nicknamed our motorhome 111 and a half because it just parked in the driveway. <laughs> fair, fair. And um, I was like, man, like, I don't know what I would do if anything ever happened to you. And this is like days before he died. And I was just like, I don't know what I would do. And he like looked at me, he's like, well, whatever the fuck you were doing before. I was like, what? No, like, you don't understand <laughs> how much you mean to me. Like, how, like, I was offended. I was so offended. Like, what? <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, I don't think I could live with myself if you were dead. But you're a pretty tough broad and you're going to get by just fine. And it's so profound like for someone who's overcome so much like him being a person who you know like had lived such a life to be like I literally won't make it without you is something that's like that's a love that's really crazy and crazy may not be the best word but like it's something that like and I was always really afraid because I know I I for those who knew Ward, they knew he had problems with certain things, certain mm-hmm. substances, if we will. And he <laughs> always vowed that he could stop whenever he wanted. But I mean, how many of us say that? And to think about him having to go through that sadness of losing me always made me really sad. Because I just, when you love somebody, you want them to be like incredibly super happy and you don't want them to feel pain. But I knew it would hurt me extremely. I never imagined being able to bounce back after he died. When he died, that was it. That was the end of everything. My whole life would be centered around this huge tragedy and like nothing would ever get better. Nothing would ever change. And it was just, that was it. I'm just sad and a widow and alone and shitty. And to have somebody remind me before this happens that like, no, like, you're pretty tough. You'll be fine. And you're like, well, I'm offended, but thank you, I guess. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's those weird things that make it so, such a bizarre experience. Like, those moments that, like, they all just line up so perfectly. Like, those, he called me his honey bear. His dog's name was Bear. Like, there's just, like, all of these, like, weird little things. Like, the, the conversation with Kirby about, like, not wanting to die by any other means or like this conversation was like no you'll be okay and like 
getting married right away and like all of these things it's like it makes me really believe in like higher powers of whatever sort and i've yeah like it's that probably maybe helps with the grief oh i don't know how other people do it but that's how i've done it first i got high and and then i moved away and then i did yoga and i was like oh okay things are fine (laughs) (laughs) well like and i mean my um so with like i've i've lost a lot of people over the years um but never never anyone that was that um like like that i had that kind of relationship with that you're talking about but ward and i like i said we had a, a very special relationship and and it was it was a lot for me to grieve and i found very similar ideas comforting i found looking at things like you know you were talking about the substance use and you were talking about the timing of everything how he was perfectly happy in that moment and you know you and i have talked before off air um, about, you know, that, you know, I find comfort personally in the idea that, you know, maybe, maybe he had, maybe he had reached like nirvana mm-hmm. and that, and that was it. Like, like he, he had gone not because like, like maybe he only needed 27 years, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have a complete cycle without things starting to, you know, see diminishing returns with certain areas of his life where he struggled. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I mean, in some ways that sounds so dark and I, I can't believe I'm saying it publicly um, because I'm not trying to imply that it's that I think that it's good that he passed away. No, of course. It fucking sucks. And, and I am like, honestly, I, I don't care if he liked crying. I never did care. Um, <laughs> did he I. didn't like crying. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like, I'm going to cry. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to cry and you can be comfortable with it or you can be uncomfortable yeah. with it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna cry um, and you know I find like you said it's like a big black scribble or it's like waves where the grief comes back like I remember when I first moved over here and I, I think I've talked to you about this before you know one of the things that kept Ward and I from ever having that type of a relationship was that he wanted to live in the country and I wanted to live in the city mm-hmm. I was like I want to live in the city and then like Ward died and it was like a switch in my brain where I wanted to live in the country and so when I moved out here and was living in an RV in the middle of a forest um, and, and all of that, I cried so much just thinking like of, of timing, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, if only I was at this point then, and I remember I, that, that idea kept coming back into my head, but I found so much comfort, like I said, in, you know, we all have seasons and his was really at least from my point of view and my experiences with him and what I know of what happened was really beautiful all along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the number of lives that he touched and the, you know, I mean, everybody in, in our circles um, always likes to say, you know, never look down on someone unless you're, you're helping them up. I don't know if that's a Ward quote or if Ward got that quote from somewhere, but it really embodies what I think of when I think of Wardo was these, you know, little, little quotes and, and these ideas. And like, I can't listen to Rage Against the Machine without thinking of Ward, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I mean, oh. and drawing on clothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. I just want to come back Go to ahead. that later. Mm-mm. Go ahead. No, no, I was just rambling and it's fine because I do that <laughs> always. Uh. It just, it ties back into that, like the last weekend. So when Kirby went to bed, the reason that we went into the motorhome was because something was snapping around behind us and I got spooked. 
And Ward's like, it's not a big deal. Like, why? He was making fun of me. He's like, why are you afraid? He's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, and he like blasted Microphone Fiend by Rage Against the Machine. And so now I can't listen to that song at all because I'm just like, you're such an asshole. Like, there was obviously something there. And if we had stayed out, we both could have been dead. Well, and there was a wolf in their campsite within those couple of days. Like, I mean, like, yeah, there was lots to be afraid of. There was, was there was, was lots. He was unafraid of everything. He was the type of person who just said, well, what is there to be afraid of? Like, time spent living in fear is time taken from living your dreams. And that is a Ward quote. And yeah. that quote drives me crazy. Because <laughs> he didn't <laughs> fear anything. Like, he'd hitchhike from Fort St. John to Mackenzie just because he wanted to be in Mackenzie. There's so many stories, like Ty and Cassie have stories coming home of him just like eating tuna on their couch. Just being like, how did you get here? Like, well, your door's unlocked and I hitchhiked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the like a nihilist to the nth degree. And and I find like a lot of a lot of those ideas, you know, like like I said, I, I came to them at, at a different time in life. But a lot of those ideas, like my mom will get really annoyed with me because um, she'd be like, oh, that's dangerous. And I'm like, well, it won't be my problem if I'm dead. It'll be your problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she gets me though she knows that i'm just mostly playing but also like this kind of how i can't help but think about it is like it's i mean i'm not trying to die but if something takes me like why am i gonna worry about that if it's it's no longer gonna be my problem like what am i gonna do you know (laughs) worry about is not surviving whatever's about to kill you because then surviving yeah then it's your problem well, like, maybe. Then, I mean, you know, I don't know. If you survive whatever that thing is, that yeah. like, might kill you, like there could be really dire consequences that you are now going to There could be. With. But if you die... There's like, going to be dire consequences to things that aren't super risky, too. True. I'm not going to be able to predict any of it, so I may as well not go focus the on ride. the worst case. Just go yeah, with Yeah, like, I figure, I figure, fuck it. Um, but, okay, so before I let you go, I know that this was not super directioned, no. Um, but that's okay because none of our conversations ever are. Um, I'm going to try. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's it's important, you know, talking about grief in a way. I think that it's just it's it's just a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's something that binds us all. And, yeah, like we all have to go well, through. And it and it doesn't have to be this big taboo subject. Mm-mm. You know, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Like, we both love Ward to death. Oh, literally. <laughs> well, our death, hopefully. <laughs> but we both just adore Ward. Um, and so we didn't. But I think that, like, you know, he was a person. You mm-hmm. know, he's not this. Anti- Anyways, I am getting distracted. <laughs> um, we're going to play a game. And I really hope it's not an offensive game, um, but maybe, I don't know. So here's what I want to do. Um, I found a list of Australian in this case, but I'm going to try some different ones. Slang, and I'm going to read the Australian slang, and you're going to guess what it means. Okay. And hopefully there's some good ones that are difficult. I have no idea. Okay. Um, and just like a warning to any Australians that might be listening, I'm sorry if I fuck up the words really bad. And I'm sorry if I do a bad job, but I'm going to blame nomadsworld.com for that. And because uh, that's where I'm getting this list. <laughs> and I'm also going to blame the fact that I'm, you know, Canadian and I'm not even going to try to do an Australian accent. In fact, I'm going to go to my way to not Good try, day, mate. To try not to. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at it. I just like, it's going to, it's going to offend people if I do that. <laughs> um, so we'll start easy because okay. this also means the same thing here. A cold one. 
a bear. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, this one's actually okay. This one's easy, um, but it's not Canadian as well. Um, Barbie. Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Throw them on the Barbie. Uh, bludger. To beat? No, no. And it made me think of like Harry Potter, but it's someone who's lazy, generally <laughs> also who relies on others. Oh. So that's cool. That's cool. Bludger. Um, <laughs> what's a brawly? I don't know. I don't even know. It's an umbrella. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, it has crikey on the list. Crikey. <laughs> it's an expression of surprise, which, but we already knew that. Crikey. You know. Crikey. Oh, I said I wasn't going to try and do a <laughs> shitty Australian accent. Sorry, any Australians. I am sorry. Um, sorry. Furfy. Furfy. P or no, it's not P. It's F U R P H Y. So like Murphy with an F. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> it means rumors or stories that are improbable or absurd. Oh, like that's furfy. straight furphy. I, I don't know furfy. if that's how you would use it. Um, oh, there's there's so many on here that we also use, and it makes me happy. Like gnarly. Gnarly. Um, you know, yeah. I I say gnarly. This shit's gnarly, man. Gnarly. Um, a piece of piss. Or no, no, just piece of piss. Piece of piss. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but like I can, I, we kind of use that here too. It's like, yeah, it's just a piece of piss. Like, it's like not important? No, like something like that. It says easy here. Oh shit, it's like piece of cake. Okay, I this guess. one's not on Although, here, but I know. Piss would be a lot easier I know to make one. than a cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i do it every day multiple like a times champ. <laughs> i don't yeah, make multiple like, cakes <laughs> i'm a fucking machine i'm a piss making machine uh, <laughs> uh okay this one's not on here and i'm really disappointed but what's a shoey a shoey it's like a boot <laughs> it's a beer that you drink out of a shoe so a dos boot I uh, guess so, but mm. a shoe. Mm. I wasn't having um, clarity week. I might have to toss boot just to just to have it. <laughs> I had a shoey. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna pick one more randomly. Might be good. Might be bad. Who yeah. knows? And uh, and then and then we'll go from there. Um, <laughs> see, pissed off is not Australian slang. That is that is English slang, like yeah. slang to the English language. Um, same with no worries. We also use that. Yeah, that's so. not slang at all. I'm not. I'm not impressed with your list, nomadsworld.com. Oh, um, <laughs> you gonna get sued for that statement? <laughs> I hope so. I hope they sue my little ass podcast. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This one's interesting. What's an esky? An esky. Hmm. Mm. First thing that came to my head was a river, but I think I'm thinking like uh, no. But I can see that like estuary, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, esky. So I think that it's short for Eskimo, which is, um, oh. but it's an insulated container that keeps things cold, usually beer, so a cooler. Oh. So thought that was kind of neat. Neato. What was their word for a, a cold one? So grab a cold one from the esky and we'll put some shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Piece of piss, mate. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> this might have been a terrible idea, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, we're not striving for perfection. <laughs> no, I mean, really, it's beautiful that we're not really striving for anything in particular. So that's why if this ever seems like a disorganized mess, that's the secret is. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's by design, but it's it's not even. It's not even purposefully disorganized. It just naturally works out that way. Um, so is there anything that you want to add? Um, anybody you want to say hello to or anything you want to plug um, before I well, let you I can say let your ass go, but that's a weird way to... Are you, are you holding on to it? Okay. <laughs> um, Ideally, yes. Um, I guess... <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to say, I, I guess I could add that um, to anyone who's grieving, you're never alone. And it can feel like an insurmountable amount of pain that will never fade or go away, but it's a lot of just accepting it, feeling it, processing it, and learning to carry it with you because it doesn't go away and it, time does not always heal all wounds, but you are loved and supported and if you feel all alone, you can always call me. <laughs> Even if I don't know you, you can tell me all about this wonderful person that you miss so deeply because I think that's the only way we keep them alive. And to love is to lose and it hurts, but it's also really beautiful to have a love that hurts so much anyway. You're trying to make me cry before we end the thing again. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, that was beautiful, as as you know. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose if you want to get a hold of Jamie, just uh, I will hook you up. Um, so reach out to me. And Jamie, I love you. Um, don't get off the thing right oh. away, but I'm going to close everything out, but don't get off. Um <laughs> I'm just going to say, I never uh, do that this time because I've listened to your podcast and I've heard you say that so many times that I'd really just expect it. But yes, I will remain. Well, don't you feel like a part of, like you were really on the podcast this time? Um, Hell yeah. All right. And to my listeners, I love you. Bye.